Welcome into the Big Nasty Show here on Monday. It's the beginning of a new week. The weather is the weather is starting to cooperate a little bit with us. Uh, it was a crazy, crazy weekend. Crazy weekend all the way around golf, horse racing, all other things. It's a beautiful time to be a part of, of life here in this southern Indiana, Louisville area. So, see, uh, on the other side of the glass, I've got my uh, engineer, DJ Yates, in the house. How are you uh, today, DJ? Doing well. How was your weekend, buddy? It was a good weekend. Got oh, man. Spring game. Yeah. Had a good time out Did you there. go out to the spring game? Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. How that? I, I didn't get a chance to get out there. I was in, as you know, gallivanting Keeneland. So. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was a pretty good turnout. Was there was there any beer consumption? There was a little bit of beer. You, you consumption. are of legal drinking age. I know that much. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm well beyond legal. Drinking. <laughs> so, uh, yes, although weird. although both times I did buy beer, I got carded. Well, you you do have a young looking face, which uh, you, there's some salt and pepper sort of yeah. strung about there that I've, I've noticed. You got a lot. You got a lot on your plate, so it's very it's tough to not to have a little gray. Uh, I I have lost a little hair over the years, but I've yet to be, yet to go gray, but. I get I get the gray in my brows up here, in my eyebrows. I don't know where that's coming from, but I'm telling you what, I had a, I had a great weekend. I wasn't able to make that to make that game. What was the what 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 do they do? They just they just play a red red and white game. Is that how? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was basically the first team offense against the second team defense, and vice versa. Oh, okay, well that's interesting. So they mix it up a little bit like that. So Louisville, it, do we know what their preseason ranking is yet? Um, I don't think. I mean, there's no, there aren't any official definitive uh, right. preseason rankings out yet. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Or coaches poll haven't. They're not. They won't come out until much closer to the season. What, what do you What do you think though? What do you think that reasonably they'll fall into? Um, I'd say they probably should end up. I don't know, somewhere in the eight to twelve range. Right. They they did they lose. I don't know. This is why I'm relying on you, my friend, because I'm not a real authority on the Louisville football team. I did follow them a little bit towards the end, but uh, they got most of the team, most of the significant team back, if I'm not mistaken, right? They returned a good portion. of Yeah, the a good team, portion yeah. of the team. So they, I, I have a funny feeling they may be top five just because of what they did in the Sugar Bowl this year against Florida. It's potential. It's possible. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. The, um, but anyway, that's uh, that's right around the corner. People are all. Fi- I mean, it's it, it's again, it's c- the continuation of the great time to be a, a Louisville Cardinal fan across the board. They've got all sorts of stuff going later on today. They've got the it's the Derby Classic. It's the basketball for the high school kids. It's kind of like the equivalent to our north uh, up north, the McDonald's, or they did an East West game up north a lot. They got that out. Uh, I'm not sure. I guess it's at Freedom Hall, huh? Or is it at the Yum Center? Um, I'm not sure where it is this year. That I don't I, know. If I had to guess, I would say Freedom Hall, but I don't know that. Yeah, that's it's probably certain. probably the venue, but it is here locally. Our friends from the Weekend Sports Buzz are going out there to check that out and give you the story on that. That's at four o'clock today. That's the practice, and then I believe the game's at four on Wednesday. So interesting. If you don't have anything going on this evening or this afternoon, go out and check that out. So um, the weather is supposed to be nice all week. I checked the weather report. It's supposed to be a high 70s and low 80s. Did you hear that? Low 80s <laughs> later on in the week. Does this mean we're going to just segue right into abysmally hot weather, humid, hot, disgusting weather? Right. I, around I, the- I don't think 80s is too bad. It probably won't be too humid yet. No, but I'm saying is... It's it's like just two weeks ago it was cold and it was back and forth and now we've got the nice weather and it's like do we do we just catapult right into the weather where you just can't even be outside because it's so hot and, and you know how Kentuckyana is yeah it's there, a, there really is no in between yeah, but right now I'm I'm enjoying it while I can so um if you're looking for something to do um since the weather is going to be nice the rest of the, at least for the next couple of weeks we're going to have beautiful beautiful weather perfect weather for golf. 
which begs the question and reminds me, we've got this Play It Again Sports golf tour card that we're offering here from the station and the, our friends at Play It Again Sports. This is 40, they're located at 4138 Outer Loop in Louisville. Again, 4138 Outer Loop in Louisville. This package can, it includes six golf courses. These are six championship golf courses, 18 holes with a card at each of those courses. It's a $125 course, uh, price. It's, this is a $400 value at, at $125. Let me just tell you what the courses are. Heritage Hill, beautiful. Glen Mary, Woodhaven, Polo Fields, Glen Oaks, and Jeff Elks Lodge and Country Club over here in, over in Indiana here. So 125 bucks gets you six courses with a golf cart. You really can't beat that. We should be running out of them. I'm surprised we still have them, to be honest with you. I think the ones that they're trying to sell now are counterfeit. They, <laughs> they, they have to have made some fake ones. I, there's no way they they're still around. <laughs> That's what, I can't believe they even offered this in the first place, let alone had any around. But uh, the, the memo is still here, so apparently we – yeah, we we still have them, so that's an excellent deal. And what I'm gonna, what I've done is I bought two of them. I bought two of them, and then we've got, you know, I pair up with my buddy, and we're gonna play those six courses throughout the summer. So you really can't beat it. So um, later on today, I've got uh, we're, we're gonna head up to Cincinnati. I'm gonna check out a baseball game today. I'm going up to see the Phillies in Cincinnati play. It's uh, Cliff Lee is gonna pitch against Bronson Arroyo. It's supposed to be 69 degrees at first pitch. You think that's decent baseball weather? That's not bad baseball oh, weather, man. I tell you, that's kind. I, I guess if that's the temperature, the temperature at first pitch warms oh. up a few degrees, that's that's just about perfect. Uh, well, it's actually the game is at seven o'clock, oh, so okay. it probably so it'll cool go the opposite. Off, yeah. yeah, cool off a little bit, but the the wind coming off the Ohio, it'll you know at worst worst case scenario tonight, it's going to be six sixty degrees, maybe you know high fifties. It's going to be great. So uh, my Phillies are not playing very well. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But we it's got okay. A, neither are the Reds. <laughs> well, the Reds they they uh, they got swept by the Broncos, uh, by the Buc- Bucks this weekend. They're on Pop. a five game losing streak. Right? I know. Well. But uh, you know, Votto's hitting well, but everybody else is kind of here and there. So we'll talk. We got we got quite a bit of base, Major League Baseball to talk about a little bit later. We're going to talk about the Masters today. We're going to recap that. Uh, if you want to call in here any any time, uh, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. It's three eight four fourteen fifty and uh, chat with us and talk to us about the Masters. We had a huge weekend in horse racing. I got the full story on that. I talked to a couple of the trainers, the, the winning horses. Uh, we've got a few new Derby contenders. I'm going to talk uh, in the second hour today. I'm going to have our, our associate from Churchill Downs, uh, Travers Manley, is going to going to call in and tell me who's out at Churchill. Churchill, who's who's there already? Who's working out? We got uh, Derby right around the corner. So, uh, you you taking the family to the Derby this year, David? You gonna? Uh, probably not. I'll, I'll probably enjoy that. Uh, Those cold beverages from, from afar. <laughs> the, the, the cold beverages. Uh, we we get together and do uh, friends of mine do a party and we do the pools every year where everybody picks a basically just picks a horse out of the hat and puts in five bucks or ten bucks depending on the race. They get progressively bigger as the day goes on and and of course there's some cold beverages involved and everybody brings their own food and by the end of the day it doesn't really matter. You're just you're in la la land. So I've, I've been to the derby once. Yeah, I've, I've never grown, been. I've I've born and raised in Louisville. I've been to the Derby once. And I've I've been here 13 years and I I've often said up leading up to this, I've said unless I have the hookup, I'm not going to go to the Derby. Well, I I've got a secret for you. I've got the hookup this year. So, uh, we're going to I've got some passes for you guys for Keeneland too, you and the fam if uh, if you're interested for that. We're going to Get you, have you, you have any? Did you, have you got out? You, I gotta get you out to Keeneland, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you those passes later on today. We'll we'll get you out there. So, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. We're gonna talk. I got a lot of uh, met a lot of people this weekend at Bluegrass Stakes out in Lexington. Kenny McPeak had a huge weekend. I got some. Uh, I, I, I talked to him, and uh, he's a busy, busy man. He's either gonna call in today or possibly on Friday, and we'll talk more with him about his shots for the Derby. The NBA is winding down, as you know. The NBA is getting to playoff time, so. 
We got to talk a little bit about that. Uh, what's going down with that? I've got some. Uh, I've got some unfortunate moment with, moment with gods in this segment. I've got some national news and. Not very happy and uplifting national news and moral news stories today, but we've got college basketball talk. A few people are, are leaving and a few people are going, uh, and some are coming, if you would. Uh, we have some baseball talk about. Baseball's into its third week now. My fantasy team is laughable. They're laughing at me. I'm telling you, David, they're laughing at me in the league. They got me into the league, and they're like they're like counting their money and licking their chops because it's. Uh, I'm telling you, we'll talk a little bit about that. A baseball talk. We've got uh, NASCAR was out in Texas this week. We're going to talk about that. Kyle Busch swept in Texas. He swept the Friday and Saturday night, both the the sprint race and the nationwide series. We'll talk a little bit of that. We've got, of course, that horse racing talk to talk about because there. We've we've got a lot of stuff going on. Derby talk. Derby is right around the corner, buddy. And this Saturday, as a matter of fact, kicks off the dirty Derby season. For those of you that don't live in the area, they have this thing they call Thunder over Louisville. Have you? Uh, how do you take in Thunder Louisville over Louisville? Do you usually have a spot for that? Or, um, I mean, I don't have any specific spot. I've been down there before. Um, I don't. I don't go down there on the regular. I think last year. We, yeah, I was down there last year. I think last year the wife and I went up and did some shopping at an outlet mall, and we we drove back and we we saw it like on the from, way back from afar. Yeah, well, uh, but I've been down there. I mean, it's a lot of fun if you want to go down there. If the weather's if, nice, if you have if the weather's nice and you haven't been, there's no air show this year. They 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 there is some, but it's I was not. Gonna say I think I think they are doing some form of air show. But some of the big dogs are not yeah, in. I don't think they're going to have military planes and yeah, stuff like well, that. Well, that's because it's ridiculously expensive yes, to fly those very. things around if it's not being used. And we've got North Korea, North Korea that's getting feisty, and we still have the Afghanistan kids that are still feisty. So we we got to keep some of, our, some of our military where it's supposed to be. So, um, but again, again, I want you to I want you to know that the show today is brought to you by Saints and Saint Matthews. If you if you're looking for a place to stop and get lunch today or any other day during the week, it's eight nine one eight 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 three. It's Saints and Saint Matthews. Uh, they've got uh, they've got a real nice new menu. It's the, the chicken card on blue. They've got this uh, smoke. Smoked chicken wings, and uh, they've got a real nice pizza there. We had when we were we did the live show there for the March Madness, but uh, those are friends at Saints uh, in St. Matthews. That's right there in the heart of St. Matthews on Breckenridge Lane. Uh, give them a call eight nine one eight 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 three. So um, we had a big uh, big weekend in in Georgia in in at Augusta, Georgia. If you if you didn't see, did you get to, did you did you get to watch any of the Masters? I got to watch a little bit of it. You know, a lot of people that aren't golf fans can actually uh, can actually enjoy. The Masters. It's it's a it's a it's just a. I, we were supposed to have a buddy of mine call in that was was down there, and I'm not sure whether he's he's going to do that or not. But uh, he 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 said it's it's like no other. You know that you get the smells from the magnolias and the azaleas. They're all in full bloom, spring bloom, and uh, it's the probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest, challenges of golf of your golf swing and your putting that there is. Um, but. Uh, yeah, they came down to a playoff, which is always exciting. No matter what, no matter how, whether, how much you like golf or the sport of golf, if you can't get excited by by a playoff in any sport, it's it's you're not you not you don't have a pulse. But uh, they came down to a playoff between Adam Scott and, and Angel Cabrera. Who Angel Cabrera seems to always be there in the big tournaments. He he's kind of disappears during the regular tournaments. But he's always there in the big ones. So he he's he snuck in there at the end. Actually, uh, Jason Day was was on the lead and playing real well. He came out of the gates real strong. He had uh, eagle and birdie in like the first three holes. Came out of the gates real strong. And then towards the end, he started to fall apart. He bogeyed. I believe he bogeyed two out of the last three holes. 
Um, I actually was out in Lexington again yesterday, and I had just gotten home in time for the 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 first part of the playoff. They had, uh, Adam Scott had just nailed like a 15 foot putt, and he thought he'd won it. Did you did you see this? He got all excited. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that that just get, that gave me goosebumps just thinking. You know, when someone when there's that much, pa- you know, he's still a pretty young guy. He's younger than you, and you know he's definitely younger than me. But uh, he's you know he's I think he's 24, 25 years old. He's a young kid. And just that kind of enthusiasm, you know, and that's a that's a life changing life changing, you know, for for anyone as a golfer or anybody in general. But he got all excited because he pretty much thought he won it because uh, Angel Cabrera was in the fairway, and for him to to go to a playoff, he was going to have to nick it, uh, stick it close, and also make the putt. And he did just that. He knocked it like three feet from, uh, as you saw. And I was sitting there on my couch, and I'm just like, you know, goosebumps. You know, it's the competitive spirit was burning through me. So, uh, and he he walks up. Taps the putt in. It's raining, which increases the uh, the, the enhances the story, you know. And it was raining and stuff. And and they they were you know they're real good friends, which is another thing. So they went out. And then from the rest of the way around, except for the very last sequence, the last shot, they were hitting the ball like literally. They hit the ball onto the fringe of the green, and it was at the exact like he he had to almost watch the other guy's ball. Angel hit first. It was a chip off. They both chipped up, made their putts. It was like, man, this could this could be this could go on for three or four holes. And then the next hole, uh, Angel Cabrera hit a bad shot, chunked it a little bit, and um, missed the putt. And so two putted. So he had uh, uh, Adam Scott had a fifteen footer, I think it was twelve or fifteen footer to win the Masters, and uh, it was it was incredible. He knocked it in. And the, the funny thing is, uh, we want to talk about this after the break. We we've been talking about this. Belly putter. I was, gonna start, I was getting ready to say it's too bad he's a cheater. Well, that's what, and we'll talk about this after the break. Uh, he does use the belly putter, and of the top 10 finishers, he's the only one who used the belly putter. So after the break, we'll come back and we'll talk about whether he is, in fact, a cheater or he's not, in fact, a cheater. And uh, we'll be right back with you on the Big Nasty Show here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Another Monday, and for some of you, you're just starting your work week, and for some of you, you're not. But if you're in your car listening, thanks for joining in. This is the Big Nasty Show. It's Monday. We're getting started on this week. We had a crazy big weekend. We were just talking. We we're just talking Masters talk. I had a couple funny thoughts uh, before we get back into whether or not Adam Scott is officially a cheater or not. Um, uh, Americans, I have a question for you, actually, DJ Yates. The question is, Americans spend how much money? on golf balls throughout the course of the year? If you had to take a random, random guess. Oh, man, that's hard. That's tough. Golf you can ask your, associate, kind of ask your associate in the booth there. I'll, I'll the ask him. I'm going to venture a guess. $10 million? Oh, that's not even close. Low? Matt McCarthy, he can't hear me, Kenny. Matt, you're in the booth there, buddy? 
how many how many <laughs> our associate Matt McCarthy is in the booth doing some work? We got we got a question on the table for he, him. He's venturing a guess of fifty million. It's six hundred and thirty million dollars wow. Americans throughout the course of one year. And this was a this is a publication that's probably a year or two old too. So isn't that ridiculous? Six hundred thirty million dollars. I know that probably a hundred thousand of that's from me because my balls always end up in the woods. If you know what I'm saying. So and another quick thought uh, before eighteen fifty. The uh, golf balls were actually made of leather and stuffed with feathers, so <laughs> they didn't go very far. So made for a long, made for a long round. So, um, but that probably that equipment would probably be outdated and maybe even illegal, which leads back to our discussion that we were having. Um, as I said before, in the Masters, Adam Scott was victorious. He held off the, the rest of the field. Uh, there was him and Angel Cabrera ended at nine under, and then. Uh, Jason Day was sole second at seven under, I believe, or eight. He was he was sole second place, and then it was like a four way tie at seven or six under. Um, I don't have the leaderboard up here, so. But in the top ten finishers, every, everybody but Adam Scott used a traditional putting style and stance. Which, if you're not familiar with this discussion, the traditional putting stance is what everybody does, where they have two hands on the putter. It's not anchored to anything. You stand above the ball and you. You create your putting stroke by keeping your head still and your pendulum. The anchor putter, if you're not familiar with this, is actually anchored to your sternum and or stomach in that little pocket. It creates sort of a, a, a pendulum sort of act, action where you're, where you're sort of just swinging it with your shoulder swing, and it's an anchored club gesture. There is, there is, an, there is a discussion in, in, the, in, the, in the format that's potentially going to take this club away and ban it from, from use. Um, is Adam Scott a cheater? I mean, I guess technically he's not. I mean, there's no rule that... And he did get around it, the Masters. He did get around the Masters in under par. So it's... Yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no rule that, that says that those are illegal. There, There is a movement to ban them. Uh, I, it's going to be interesting to try and ban it now that the winner of the Masters used it. That, well, that, that I might, mean... I think it was uh, Keegan Bradley, I believe, somebody a couple years Keegan ago. Keegan uses one, yeah. Who who won a major using one? He's actually pretty defensive about Keegan's <laughs> about defensive people, as well. So is Adam Scott. Yeah, well, Adam Scott's uh, a pretty soft-spoken cat, and he's a, he he's a very, he's a little adamant about it as well. So I don't know. I mean, I guess the argument could be could be made that you know it's that that equipment change that fundamentally different than say you know an oversized. Head driver, or, or or is it an unfair advantage to the rest of the field? I think what's important. Is, well, I, I you know I think, but I think the 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 defense is, you know, it's it's not any it's it's a technological advancement, so it's not any different than the larging larging yeah, yeah the, exactly the driver heads getting bigger than they were are the are the 10, irons 15, twenty years ago the irons being offset and weighted and all that stuff you know yeah, it's, you know the new hybrid clubs that sort of thing I mean the, if it's me I I mean I I think that the anchored putter veers too far from the basic the, fundamentals yeah, of the game. The, yeah, the way the way putting was intended to be, but it, it, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I I would I would if I were voting when it came down to whether or not this rule should you know, ban the anchored putter. The I DJ would vote, Yates vote. I would vote 
yes to ban it. Yes to ban it. But that, that you know, that's me. I, I, I won't be. It, you know, I'd have to. I have to agree. I have to agree with you on that angle. I, I think if I had a vote, and and before long we will have a vote. Our show will collectively have a vote uh, in this matter. But uh, if I was to vote, I would say you know you just have to keep everything consistent. But then again, you have that asterisk because just like you said, there, there's everybody plays a different driver. Everybody plays a different set of irons. You know, everybody does have different putter. You know, there's it's it's you're allowed to have 14 clubs in your bag. And up to this point, the the belly putter is one of those legal 14 clubs that you're allowed to have in your bag. And um, I don't think there's enough of a body of work to say that we have got to outlaw all these putters because they're winning all the tournaments. Now, if like say every tournament, like four out of the five or six tournament major tournaments this year, like there's there's four majors every year. So say three of the majors or four of the majors are one with a anchored putter, then then it starts to beg the question: Is this an unfair advantage? But uh, it's it's interesting because that's a very slippery, touchy situation because he's the winner of the Masters, <laughs> and the, whether or not you heard or, or not, DJ Yates, the Masters is a fairly significant golf tournament. So it's kind of important. It's a fairly important tournament, but. Um, my brother-in-law was already down there, and he would have called in today. My brother-in-law is a, a golf pro down at Concession Country Club in Florida, and he is actually was at the Masters, and he's in the air right now trying to fly back from the Masters. So uh, he he wasn't we weren't able to get the inside look today. So, um, but anyway, it was it was pretty cool. And another interesting note that I that I'd failed to mention: uh, Steve Williams is actually Adam Scott's caddy. And I actually met Steve Williams a couple years ago when they were here for the PGA, which I think you said you may have been at that tournament. Uh, was the last the, the one last he won. one I was at was uh, two thousand. Yeah, he, the, yeah, he won that one. The one he the one he the one the one that he won. It was funny because I worked at a place called Oldenburg Brewing Company, which was no longer there, but it was out on Dutchman's Lane, and all the caddies were staying in the hotel right next to it. So they were coming after the tournament. They were coming in there, and Steve Williams actually was in the night before, and I didn't even recognize him. I looked. He looked familiar, but I didn't even put two and two together. And then. Uh, uh, who's it was Lee Jansen's uh, caddy was in there the the next night the same time as Steve Williams was in there, and he looked across and I said that that guy looks familiar. He's like that's Tiger's caddy, and uh, it was of course it was a, like an awe moment for me because I, I play golf and so I went over and I got a talking to him and stuff. The next night he comes in after the 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 round that day. This was a Thursday or Thursday. It was the first or second round of the actual tournament, and he came in. He had a golf ball signed by Tiger and a golf glove signed by Tiger. I thought that was the coolest thing ever, uh, and then he won that year, and then he won that year. But uh, the the irony in this is that he uh, he was on the bag for Tiger thirteen out of fourteen, thirteen out of fourteen of his made his Masters titles or his major titles, and uh, Steve Williams, of course, is now Adam Scott's caddy, which was pretty interesting. So he uh, he nailed that big putt, and Steve Williams ran over to him all like crazy, crazy, and then they just like <laughs> like a hand slap it was the weird. It was the weirdest thing, you know. I'm 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 chest bumping and I, I'm taking you down to the ground with me if you're my caddy and I win the Masters. That's all I'm saying. So, but anyway, so Adam Scott, congratulations to him. It's the first Aussie, first Aussie ever to win the Masters. Very exciting. Very exciting for the Aussies. It just to me that as somebody who's grown up kind of following golf a little bit, it seems sort of unfair that he's the first Aussie to win it when Greg Norman. Is is probably is by far probably the most famous. He's Australian amazing, uh, up to this point. He's uh, no hands down. He, he's the he, most talented. He fell short so many times. You know, Greg Norman's got wine and and golf shoes and t-shirts and stuff. Oh yeah, too. He's not, he's not hurting for money. Actually, his wine's not that bad. Have you ever had the uh, Greg Norman wine? 
It's actually not bad. I'm not sure if I have had it or not. I do know it exists, but I don't think I've ever had it. Usually, one of the, one of the things I found about these these uh, aspiring wine makers and uh, wineries, um, they usually have more luck with the less acidic and less sweet wines, like the red wines, as opposed to the white wines. Just just a that's a random observation from the big nasty show there for y'all. So uh, uh, so anyway, it's it's you know it's it's tough that it whenever the Masters is over, you're like I was actually I got home and I just finished watching. It was like okay, that's it. Adam Scott won prior to Angel Cabrera hitting the, nutting his, his shot his approach shot on the 18th. I thought okay, it's over, you know. And then I saw him get and he and he tapped it in. It's like yes, we get we get extra we get extra holes. Pretty and I dull. thought I thought for a minute there I thought we were going to an epic playoff because they were, it was like. He would drive it in the fairway. Here comes in. You know, they were like it was like they were following each other's lead throughout. And for a minute, I thought, oh boy, this is this is going to be an epic, epic playoff. And it still was. And it still was. It still was great. And you know, the the sportsmanship that was showed by both of them afterwards, very commendable. You know, it kind of gives me chills when I see that kind of that kind of sportsmanship going on. So. Anyway, congratulations again to Adam Scott, and uh, you know that his he'll never have to worry about anything ever again in his life because of that one victory. And that's the, that's the case for anybody because now he's you know he's exempt from he's got his PGA Tour card throughout he's exempt from the Masters he's never going to have to make the cut in the ma- I mean the, never going to have to worry about the Masters in every year all the majors you know you win the Masters you're it's 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 on it's on it's just like a, a quarterback like Joey Flacco winning the Super Bowl this year you know it, he won the Super Bowl he got paid he got paid multi million dollars and he's set you know for for the remainder of his career so. We do have some NFL to talk about today. Uh, I'm very excited about the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers have not dealt all of their wide receivers. The Patriots, the New England Patriots, the, the irony is I, I met Wes Welker this weekend. I was talking to him in the paddock. He actually owned a piece of one of the racehorses that was in the uh, one of the previous stakes races. There was several stakes races. We'll talk horse racing in the second hour when we have uh, Travis calling. Um, we, uh, the Patriots, Wes Welker's gone, which is kind of ironic and I met him this weekend it was pretty cool and you know what he's he's a lot shorter than what you'd think DJ Yates I stood this I mean he is literally he's literally he looks like he's about 5'2 five 5'3 five he's he, he they, list, they list him at 5'6 I think on the on the that stat sheets maybe 5'8 but he's literally I'm telling you he, can't, he he's not he's not 5'4 on his, on his best day because I'm standing right beside him and I'm six foot straight and I've got bad posture so if I stand up straight I'm six one. That's but uh, I've stated, and he's he's a small he's a he's a small man that's for sure. So, but anyway, the New England Patriots offered uh, Emmanuel Sanders. They offered him two point five million, and Pittsburgh finally got into their wallets and got into their their back pockets, and they matched the deal to, to keep him because Ben Roethlisberger said we need to keep this guy because we got rid of Mike Wallace, and we have now we have Antonio Brown and uh, and now Emmanuel Sanders who started to show up a little bit last year. And they still have um, Jericho Cotri, which is going to be interesting third third stringer. I'm not, I'm a little concerned about my Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you a where, where do you fall in the, the NFL discussion? Um, my dad is a big Cowboys fan. Oh, so I've I've kind of grown up. Wow, liking the Cowboys, but I don't. It's it's you know I don't I don't have an NFL team that. I live I live and die with like I do U of L exactly. Well, remind me not to come over to the the dinner with the folks on on football Sunday if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Cowboys, oh geez. Uh, so anyway, so so Emmanuel Sanders gets gets uh, it, the Pittsburgh's going to keep him. So that that solidifies things. That makes me a happy camper. 
Um, when we when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about some NBA headlines. We're going to talk about we got some some somber notes to talk about too. Before we have a top of the hour, we got a guest calling in from Churchill Downs, uh, right here on the Big Nasty Show on fourteen fifty and fourteen fifty thesportsbuzz dot com. for a little bit, DJ Yates. I'm liking the sound of this, but I'm not knowing the sound of this, so let me... It sounds like the dude from... It sounds a little Radiohead-ish to me. Also sounds a little Coldplay-ish to me. Oh, man. Okay. We'll take it down a little bit now. We're back here on uh, the Big Nasty Show on 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Uh, we're rolling through a Monday afternoon for you. We're uh, Matt Dennison was just in here talking local sports for you all, giving you the heads up on that. And then uh, shortly after I'm finished with my rant today, we've got the afternoon drive coming in here with Trevor Bacon, Kelsey, and uh, Perrin Johnson. They're going to be talking to you a little bit later. Who was that that we were bringing coming back to the show with there, my friend? This is the Temper Trap. Hmm, interesting. Now, I like that. It's kind of... But can you could you see the Radiohead Coldplay little bit, feel yeah. and reference there a little bit? I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old, buddy. So, oh, it's gonna be. Uh, you gonna head down to Forecastle this year, down local here? We are going to Forecastle. I talked to my friends at Production Simple. We've got some interesting surprises for you in the weeks to come, but we'll talk about that later. I like to keep my engineer on the edge of his seat because he's so good at what he does. It's almost boring to him, is what is what I'm saying. So. Uh, uh, so anyway, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA here since it's uh, playoffs. The 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 heat uh, things are heating up, and uh, this is going to be brought to you by Nick Stein Law over here in uh, New Albany. NickSteinLaw.com. Uh, if you become injured in, in any kind of car accident or uh, walking across the street, someone blasts you and knocks you up into the wall, and uh, you're in bad shape, you want to call Nick Stein at nine four eight six thousand. And uh, him and or Amy Wheatley will uh, will try to get the case settled for you outside of court. But if they've got to go to court, then these are the, this is the experience that you want on your side to get that job done. Uh, again, NickSteinLaw.com. Anyway, the NBA is starting to wind things down here. The uh, the Celtics got the seventh seed. It looks like the Lakers are going to get in. Um, we've got uh, B- Butler sits the during the second half versus the Grizzlies was a thorn knee. Uh, Rubio he leads Rubio's back and he leads the Timber, Timberwolves over the Suns one hundred and five to ninety three. Uh, Oklahoma City is looking stout and poised for the for the big the big run. The Knicks they locked up the number two seed in in the East. They're going to be uh, Knicks might be tough to beat if they get the wheels going in the right direction. We'll see what happens. So uh, and 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 this is interesting. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you off of off of a mic, but uh, apparently Jay Z, apparently Jay Z, if you got some extra coin, we may have talked about this before. I don't know if we did or not, but uh, uh, apparently Jay Z is offering a one fifteenth of a percent of the nets he's selling 
outright. If you've got $350,000, you can have one one-fifteenth of a percent. You can do it today. Just give them a call. You got do you mind lending me that money? Well, I would have to take a run to the bank first and check and see if I've got that kind of coin. I'm not sure. I, I was out at Keeneland all weekend, and uh, I, I didn't. I don't have any good stories for you, so I might be a little thin. But uh, maybe we can maybe we can work a deal where he gives us a one thirtieth of a percent, and we can we can uh, we can set it up. I mean, I wonder, I wonder what that. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if that if you actually would profit from that if you invested three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one fifteenth take. I wonder if you would actually throughout the year profit. Um, I mean, it might. You might have to hold on to it for a little longer than a year to They're not get, any, get any return on investment. But and, I would and, imagine you'd eventually make some money. On and, it. and the Brooklyn Nets aren't any good either. So that's. But it is they're Brooklyn. Okay. It is Brooklyn. Well, it, they're going to be. They're they're going to grow a little bit. I think they'll be better suited next year. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the Spurs, they're getting rid of Steven Jackson. I don't know if you saw that or not. He's going to be gone. Uh, the, the Nets beat the Pacers, so they're assured at least a number four seed in the tournament. Well, it's not really a tournament, I guess, but it's it, they consider it a tournament. Uh, and then uh, there's a Seattle group that's uh, – uh, they're, they're raising the purchase price for the, uh, for the Kings. They're trying to get the Sacramento Kings, which is – we'll see how that works. So there's a lot of moving and shaking. Uh, would you like to see a, a, an NBA team come to Louisville? This is um, an open discussion. It's it's re- revisited all the time, but my my take on that is that I would like an NBA team here, but I don't know that the city can support one. I well, I think, and I don't even think it has to do with attendance. I think people would show up. I think the bigger issue is corporate dollars. I think. Well, they've got. I think the vast majority of corporate dollars in this city go toward the University of Louisville right now. Oh yeah, especially with this so, new, this new. Tournament. I don't know if there's enough corporate money to to sell suites and well, and the the Yum Center distribution of the money with that Yum Center and Jurich and the Louisville Athletic Commission and all that stuff is a sort of a it's a very vague discussion right now as to what and where they would fit that team into play if there wasn't in fact an NBA team because there's Louisville owns the scheduling to the Yum Center. They take prominence over anything else, yeah, from what I understand. The primary tenant, so. right? So if they, if they, for example, have a game on a Saturday, then there's no events in there on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a two. They have like a two day window for every event that Louisville, every game that Louisville has. Am I right about this? Or? I think something like that. Yeah, and uh, there was some money discussions, which we're not. We're you know we're we're talking about sports. We don't need to talk too much about the money part of the equation. But there, it would be interesting. It'd be nice to have. I actually think that they could expand on Slugger Field. And put left field uh, outfield bleachers and also another extension on. Now it would only be probably about a twenty thousand. You could take it up to maybe twenty thousand capacity. But I think that they could su- sustain a major league baseball team in Louisville right here. There's plenty of parking in that downtown area. You could even make p- more parking on game days and stuff like that. You could uh, you know where the tumbleweed is and all that stuff. You could extend that out, have more game day parking out there. I think they could. I think they could sustain a, ba- a major league baseball team. Maybe I. I don't know. I think the proximity to Cincinnati would would hurt them. Yeah, it's it's definitely where would it, where what comp, which division would they fit into? It, it would it could you wouldn't put another team in uh, the central because they just lost. They just moved to Houston so that it was even, so that the divisions were all even. So and Houston's not not uh, making a joke of themselves. They're 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 winning a few baseball games, but they're they're definitely not. Uh, they're not really. Uh, they're not dominant by any sense, though. So, 
Yeah, it would be nice to have a, either pro team here in Louisville, but you know, I'd, I'd, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I say, I, I would like one. I think I think Louisville to me feels like a, a big enough city that it should have a a major professional sports team. Well, and and with all and, the and, success and, and I think of the, the college, NBA is probably the only the only league where you could conceivably get a team here. I mean, you're, it's way too small to support an NFL team. Yeah, I think. But is it though? I mean, if yes, if, if there it was, absolutely is. if there was, yeah, I guess, I guess, I, I tell you what, this is if you have you have the the Sugar Bowl victory, you have the national championship, the girls are in the national championship. There's a lot of notoriety and a lot of eyes that are being directed towards Louisville. There's a lot of a lot of revenue that's that's directed. There's a lot of people moving to this area, which I, I've got to rant about a little bit too. If you're just moving to Louisville, learn how to drive. Because people in Louisville don't know how to drive already, so we don't need more people here that don't know how to drive. Man, it was, oh, I was just driving back and forth from Lexington. They got all sorts of construction, and I was just ah, that's that's. I had to go on a little bit of a rant there, DJ Yates. You know that's out of character for me, but uh, it, there it is. But you know there is more people coming into Louisville. It's very, it's a desirable location. Live, learn, love, and play, or whatever the slogan is. I don't know. And what's the Louisville Cardinal slogan? Give it to me again. Uh, the the university slogan. Yes, the university. Louisville first, cards forever. That's right, and that's sort of uh, uh, heard throughout the city, if you would. So, but it's growing, and I think it could. I think it could uh, sustain a professional team. Uh, you're probably right about the pro football team. Pro football is just a, they they've got to be in the top. Although Louisville is in the top 16 cities across the board, so I'd love it. I'd love it if I didn't have to. I drop. mean, it'd be, yeah, it'd be great, but yeah, it's, I, it's, I, think, I think it's too small, and I think the, I think ticket prices would be too high. I, I think there you would run into an attendance issue. Not like you know, I think an NBA team. I think people would show up. Well, I think these NBA teams too. Like even when we, uh, Bacon was not, was nice enough to take me up to the Pacers game when we went up there, and he had you know his seats weren't the best, but they were still still decent seats. Um, but the problem with that, even just the NBA, is even their their everyday games. I mean, they they charge uh, depending on the, the game and who's in town. Obviously, the prices of the tickets change, but they're still fairly expensive. You know, I think if these NBA teams would would consider, it's kind of like if you own a bar and and you you're selling beers. Would you rather sell five beers, you know, at four dollars, or would you rather sell ten beers at three dollars? You understand what I'm saying? It's the same basic concept with these ticket prices. I think obviously the down the, the seats that are down on the court, obviously those are premium seats. You got to charge for for those because you've got pro, you know, no, notorious people out there aren't playing. You got to see that. But the seats that are outside of that original perimeter, I think you should bring those seat those ticket prices down, and um, and you know, keep that keep that still. So, um, but anyway. If if they were to come here and, and keep the ticket prices reasonable, they could get away with the pro team. So um, that's we'll, we'll probably never see that. Is what I'm saying. We'll see what happens. But um, I do have to talk about a few somber things here, David, and then we'll take the break for here at the top of the hour. Um, there was uh, during the Texas Motor Speedway, uh, the Sprint Series NRA 500. I don't know if you heard about this or not, but apparently uh, some guy went out from, was watching the races and he was so upset with what he saw that he went out to his truck, got in his truck, locked it up and shot himself in the head. Did you, did you see this? I did happen to catch that article. Did you see that? Very, very Uh, strange. uh, Apparently uh, Kirk Franklin is the guy's name. He's 42 years old from Siganal, Texas. Uh, He got, apparently was upset about something that went on with the race, 
went out into the campers. Because have you ever, you've ever been to a NASCAR race? I have not. That is something that we're going to take. I bet you Mrs. Yates would love that. <laughs> Mrs. Yates would get an eye opener. You would too. Uh, I've been. Uh, my family lives down by Talladega, in uh, in Alabama. And I've been, we went through a run where I would go every year. My aunt and uncle were gracious enough to get tickets. So I got a, fr- a free ticket basically to the, one of the biggest venues in NASCAR. And this is a debacle. This is like you, it's the biggest party you've ever seen. The, the, the fields where they put these campers and trucks and stuff like that is like, it looks like a, it looks like a medieval times village. There's smoke coming up from all the campfires and everything. As you drive on the highway, it's for as long as you can see, I, I kid you not, miles and miles and miles of campers. And just redneck, it's just a redneck party. Well, apparently he went out to this redneck party in Texas, and he was upset about something, went down with the race, got in an argument with the other campers, and then went to his truck and shot himself. It's like, wow, man, couldn't, uh, just, you just want to be, you want to be next to him that right then and there, just, just to say, hey, you know, here's, don't, there's no reason to do this. I don't know why you'd want to do this. So, oh, good Lord. So anyway, uh, well, I'll go into this one more one more thing, and then we'll then we'll we'll, t- we'll take a break, and we'll we'll talk horse racing on the other side of the hour. Um, in uh, Boise, in Idaho, in Boise, uh, apparently there was an extension cord that they hooked up to an electric grill on the porch, and they were cooking, and it shorted out, and it started a, it started a house fire. They forgot to unplug it, is what happened. It started a house fire. It killed five people Saturday morning. The fire took over and wiped out the whole house. So this is actually a moment. This is kind of a moment with God, national news. Um, the uh, the fire chief, Mike Lee, from Orofino or is the name of the town. Uh, he said the house was fully engulfed in flames when firefighters arrived after a neighbor reported the fire at 1.30 in the morning. So they went to bed and woke up. Well, they didn't wake up. This is... They all they were all killed. He said they were killed instantly by smoke inhalation. Uh, there was two adults, three teens, uh, and they were all badly burned in the blaze. And he said uh, the uh, he said that they they were having one of the kids that was was there was a sleepover for uh, one of the the daughter's party, which is just horrible. So uh, yeah, it's uh, so that's the moment with God. There, we want to thoughts and prayers to go out to that family. Um, uh, they said that they, they didn't give the genders of any of the children. They just said children were, were, were killed. So uh, that's a horrible way to go to a break, but uh, that's the way we're doing it here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. You're listening to The Big Nasty Show. Big Nasty Show here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. We're just rolling through a uh, 
We're just rolling through a Monday here over at the station. It's beautiful weather outside. Um, we uh, This last weekend, I spent a lot of time out in the bluegrass country, out in Versailles Road area, Man of War Boulevard, uh, enjoying a little horse racing. Um, I was going to talk to some people about that today, so I had a, a, a caller coming on in here. Are you on there, Travers? Yeah, how's it going? Hey, buddy. How's it doing? You, uh, Everything's so, good, you know. Just just nineteen days away, just uh, gearing up. Oh, I'm telling you, it's I, I, thanks for, thanks for taking a smidge of the time today. I know you got you and Darren and John are, are running around like chickens with your heads cut off right now. It's a it's a crazy time, but a glorious time, isn't it? So, oh yeah, it's definitely the the best place to be in the bluegrass uh, to be at Churchill Downs in the spring. Nineteen days. Uh, till the first Saturday in May, and yeah, we're gearing up. All right, this is Travers Manley from Churchill Downs. Travers, tell me, tell 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 everybody out there what uh, what you do there. So, uh, what's your title or what's oh, your? Go ahead. I'm the media services coordinator here at Churchill Downs, and I work very closely with uh, Darren Rogers and John Asher, and uh, you know, providing information for the media, working uh, communications, and getting out all the information on uh, the horses and and uh, all the things happening at Church. And it's through that information that I got what I've got because I usually get my I get your the emails directly from you guys, which is com- incredibly helpful for me. And then that uh, last most recent email, I uh, I saw that uh, my loot, which is Amos's horse, was working out worked out pretty well yesterday. I, I saw that one. Um, and then they you also send out the championship series updates on both the Oaks and the Derby, correct? That's right. You guys That's are, right. Yeah. Listen. And and actually, you know, my loot uh, yesterday. That uh, good that you brought that up because that horse really, really worked out well. And uh, he's one that was kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, he was a runner-up in the Louisiana Derby to Revolutionary, but uh, he looked great going over the uh, the racetrack. So I definitely think he's one to keep in mind and could be uh, a price on Derby Day. Yeah, well, I, we'll, we'll, well, towards the end of this segment, buddy, we'll we'll, we'll break that down because I, I I am going to put you on the spot for a couple things there. Um, he's definitely one to consider, and he will for for sure be a price. The nice thing about how some of these horses have freaked in these prep races coming up to the race is that it does just that. It actually keeps the prices kind of nice on some of the horses that you or myself may like. And I, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that in just a little bit here. So I was I spent the weekend in the, in your neck your previous neck of the woods out in Lexington. Um, I was out there with uh, with Amy and and uh, Amy Gregory in the, in the media center there, and they they uh, what a, what a, what a, did you get the chance to watch any of that racing this weekend? Oh yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, we were we were tuned in, and oh man, it, it looked like a great crowd out there at Keeneland. And, oh, I'm uh, telling you, what a beautiful uh, place! They're 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 uh, that's definitely the spot to be in Lexington, and it was it was a great weekend. And of course, last weekend there was plenty going on with with the UK spring football game. It was a busy weekend in Lexington. Yeah. So now you live you live here in Louisville now, or do you live out in Lexington? No, I'm in I'm in Louisville. I've been here since uh, for the past uh, two years, and I'm I'm actually a, a Louisville native. I went down to to Lexington for for school at UK, but uh, no, I'm born and raised in Louisville. Okay, I knew you were a UK fan. There's a there's a few of those over here at the station too, but it's mostly red over here. On uh, you know, but you know, we you kind of have to root for red indirectly, don't you? Uh, <laughs> you can be straight. You can be straight on the air, buddy. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm I'm a I'm I'm happy for some of my friends that are that are that are big Louisville fans with all that's gone on, and and I'm glad that they had success. But I'm I'm a UK graduate. I've grown up a UK fan, and and uh, you know I bleed blue. Yeah, well, there's a, the guys from the one of the guys for the weekend sports by would be on the same page with you. Uh, my engineer DJ Yates in here is hardcore red red fan, and of course you know I'm I'm from 
uh, I'm from up north, so I'm sort of indifferent on the whole red or blue discussion. So that's but, right. You were cheering for Syracuse, weren't you? I certainly was. I certainly was. Unfortunately, that was that led to heartbreak. But you know, I I honestly didn't think they were going to make the Final Four, so I had Indiana beating them in my bracket, which killed me in my bracket. So how'd you do in your bracket this year? Did you guys? I did not. I did not have a good year. You know, I, I actually going into the uh, with the elite eight, I, I had I had some good chances. I had uh, a chance to get uh, you know three of the four final four, and 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 all my my champion was still alive. But going uh, after the elite eight games, uh, I think I only had one final four team, and I had neither championship team, so uh, it, it didn't work out too well. But it was a uh, it was an okay tournament. It, it was it was not a very fun uh, march though for uh, for a UK fan. Well, I wanted to play you a little segment. I was in the I was in the paddock the other day, and just before the bluegrass, or in a race or two before the bluegrass, and I got to talk to uh, Kenny McPeak, and I wanted to I wanted to uh, play you that. Uh, I think maybe I've persuaded some good luck in his direction. So uh, stay with me here for just let's listen up here for a second. Standing here in Keeneland Paddock before the third race, you send out. Uh, I'm standing here with Kenny McPeak. Uh, you send out uh, Bellarmine in this one today. How's this one looking up for you? This is a really nice horse. Um, he he had a real trouble trip in his first start, and really probably should have won that day. And our expectations are really high today. We kind of expect him to win. There's a couple of nice ones in there, and you don't know how the trip's going to unfold. But he's doing really well. He's got to, he's the favorite right now. Going sending out. So I'm going to talk to you about Java's War. What are you feeling on that horse today? Well, his first race was good. He was a little bit tricky to get back to the races earlier in the winter, but he's doing really really well right now. And if he improves the notch off that last one, then we're in with a big change. There you go. Thanks, Kenny. Have a good one. Good luck you. So I thought maybe I sprinkled a good a little good luck on him there because, you know, you saw what happened after that. He went out and won the $750,000 bluegrass stake. So that was pretty cool. Huh? That's right. Maybe maybe you're good luck for him. Yeah, no, he, he ran a fantastic race. and. And uh, that, that was impressive. And he's actually uh, still at Keeneland and talked to Kenny today, and they think he's going to bring him over to his barn at Churchill probably later this week, uh, maybe Thursday. Yeah, and so and, and another horse that looked real good in, in that race that, that um, kind of got, got just nipped at the wire um, was Palace Malice with Garrett Gomez. Who I talked to Garrett Gomez earlier in the week, and uh, actually the day before, he called, me, he called in on Friday's show, and he – that he just about he just got beat you know at the last probably 200 yards you know it was clear the job was going to get past him uh, and Julian let Peru but uh, Palace Miles put in a pretty good account of himself there for sure he definitely did and uh you know I, I talked to Todd Pletcher yesterday and, and they were happy with the way Palace Malice ran but it was frustrating for them at the same time because uh, you know, they really thought uh, turning for home that they had the winner, but uh, he's doing well. And uh, it actually was just announced that um, he's going to be ridden by Mike Smith in the Derby uh, since Garrett Gomez is uh, going to be riding a Vijack. So they, he's going to have a new jock for uh, Mike Smith. For the Derby. There you go. That's the information. This is Travers mainly from Churchill Downs. And you're out you're in the media room right now, buddy, or well, what is going to be? The I am. That's right. So uh, we're in the we're in the war room as we call it. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be over there somewhere, not far from you guys, I guess. So uh, we'll we'll get a chance to talk a lot this this summer, I imagine. So we uh, we got to we had a, the race before that was, of course, the, the bluegrass sort of trumps everything that particular day. But I tell you what, the race before that, uh, center court, George Arnold's horse looked incredible in the in the turf race. Did you get a chance to see that one? I did, and and you know, but she she's a favorite of mine. Uh, I've always had a had a soft spot for turf fillies, and I love horses that that win. And 
and uh, very happy for uh, for Rusty Arnold and the entire team. And and it, it, she's she's such a nice horse. Uh, she just tries every single time and and always brings her game. And and uh, very happy for that team. It was an unbelievable performance on Saturday. And uh, do you think Julian Leperu knows how to ride on the turf? <laughs> oh sure, yeah. No, I mean Julian. Julian definitely knows. Uh, you know, I, it's funny. Some people think that uh, a lot of times that the the, the jockeys from from Europe would be better uh, turf riders because they they run on on turf so often over there. But as he'll say, he's he's French born, but he's an American jockey. He learned how to ride over here. Uh, but he he's great. He's a great turf jockey. Great jockey overall, and uh, also yeah, a good friend. And he's a great guy. Yeah, he is a real good guy. I met him. I met him a bunch of times last year. We I actually the first time I met him, we interviewed him at uh, Keeneland the day that he won like four or five races that day which was you know so i'm hoping it's a good luck omen unfortunately i wish it would come back to me in the form of wagering but you know we'll, we'll get around to that before it's all said and done so but that's uh, right yeah so it was a and there was also another big race down in arkansas you know uh whether you i'm sure that you had some local connections down there as well uh, in the uh, arkansas derby this weekend right it was good you know it overanalyzes a horse that uh that, that was really uh Highly regarded uh, as a juvenile, and then kind of disappointed in his first start, but uh, as a three-year-old, but then came back and and was very impressive in winning the Arkansas Derby. And then Frack Daddy, another horse uh, that you know Frack Daddy ran here and just missed in the Kentucky Jockey Club at Churchill Downs, lost to uh, Uncaptured back in the fall, and uh, he was that was a nose. He, yeah, a little rant. Right, ran ran a ran a little disappointing in his in his first starts at three, but then he came back and uh, uh, ran a very nice race. He's actually uh, on his way. Overanalyzed got here um, on Sunday morning uh, about eleven thirty, and then uh, Frack Daddy is actually going to be on his way to Churchill Downs for uh, also for Ken McPeak yeah, on Fra- uh, tomorrow. Frack Daddy looks good. Um, I was actually I was actually talking to Todd Pletcher. I was actually talking to Todd Pletcher. Um, at, out of, out in the paddock before that, and I got a little bit with him too, and he talked to me a little bit about Palace Malice before the the Bluegrass race. We have that here too as well. He's still there. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cue it up here in a second. This is Big Nasty okay. Show, Yahoo Sports Radio. We're talking to Todd Butcher in the paddock. How are you doing today, Todd? Excellent, thank you. Talk to me a little bit about these two. You got two charges going in the big race today in the Bluegrass. Got Gary Gomez, who was on the show the other day, yesterday actually. Talked to him a little bit about Palace of Alice and uh, Charming Kitten. Talk to me a little bit about these two horses. Well, they're both colts that we like a lot, and uh, we had a little bit of bad racing luck with Palace Malice and the Louisiana Derby. Kind of got blocked for most of the stretch, so. Uh, he trained here as a two-year-old last year and seemed to like to track well, so uh, we're hoping for a, for a big effort from him. Yeah, Garrett just got in town this morning to, to ride him. He said, so I talked to him said he was a little tired. He handled it, um, overanalyzed that we talked about. It. He got here, so he's on the grounds. Revolutionary for Todd Pletcher, the Louisiana Derby winner. He's on the grounds. Uh, Dwayne Lucas, four-time Kentucky Derby winning trainer. Dwayne Lucas has will take charge in Oxbow. Uh, both of those horses got here yesterday, so they are also on the grounds. Um, Black Onyx, who won the spiral, I, I he got here that, several weeks ago. Yeah, I saw he was and there. He, he, right, he worked um, the, a few days ago, and he worked very well. Uh, trainer Kelly Breen was happy with the way that, that he went. Uh, Normandy Invasion, who ran second to Verrazano in the woods uh, for trainer Chad Brown, he is here. He got here. Uh, like I said, my loot is is already here. Falling Sky for John Terranova, who was fourth in the Arkansas Derby. He is here. 
Um, and, and then uh, another one, uh, Golden Soul, who, uh, who who's number 23 on the list, but is hoping uh, for some horses to drop out, still wants to get in. He is here for Dallas trainer. Stewart. Dallas Stewart, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question. So we really, there, there's technically, there's only about one more prep race in terms of the championship series with the points, isn't there? Well, there's, there's two more races that, that are that are worth points. The the Coolmore Lexington on Saturday. That's at this Keeneland, coming Saturday, yeah. Uh, it, right, is a wild card race. Uh, 20 points to the winner, 8 to second, 4 to third, and 2 to fourth. And then we have the Derby Trial here at Churchill Downs, which is uh, also a wild card race. It's going to be run on opening night at Churchill Downs oh, that's on April right on, 27th. And which is a Friday and this year, right? It's a it's a Saturday. Oh, Saturday. is Now, Saturday opening night this year is night racing. Am I, am I right about that? Correct. Okay, that's right. so that's Saturday night. For some reason, I was thinking that was a Friday, but it's actually it's actually going to be Saturday night for the folks that don't know. And then the Friday post throughout the summer meet or spring meet is going to be two forty five. Correct on Fridays. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah the, the Twilight Post. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got and you. So there, there are there are two races left, um, you know, to to earn points, and uh, so there's still a chance for a couple of horses. Uh, you know, to pop up and, and, and get some points. It'll be interesting to see who runs in the Lexington and if and if the winner of that uh, wants to try to come and and, and uh, try the Derby. You know, it, it, based on the way that the points are now, uh, they they wouldn't be too bad, especially if they've they've already got some points. If they get the the twenty points of the winner, you know, they they, they could be right right in the mix. Okay, so let's just let's just touch these couple horses that we'll say are on the bubble here. We have Charming Kittens got twenty points and there and and is in the twenty spot. We she ran or he ran in the uh, bluegrass just this weekend. Correct. Yeah, and he was third. Yeah, and then we have Code West, Tis a Minister, and Golden Soul. They're all the, the twenty through twenty three, and uh, there's only one spot left in that in, in that that ranking there. So, so this last two prep races, one of those horses, is there any, any talk of those horses running in either of those two prep races? You know, there's some talk of code West going in the, in the Lexington, but I'm not sure whether or not uh, they're going to end up running him in that race. He, he was second in the risen star and then, uh, and then ran uh, sixth in the Louisiana Derby. Didn't run too well there. There was some talk about him running, but I'm not sure if that, if that's what they're going to do. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It might be a new shooter that comes out of the Lexington that right. uh, that actually goes and and tries to tries to run in the Derby. But you said the Lexington's only worth twenty points to the winner. Correct, but so that's as, as of right. Well, right now at twenty, uh, so you've got you know the Lexington is going to put one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in the pocket of the winner, Charming Kitten at twenty points, two hundred and six thousand. So. The the winner of the Lexington, uh, if they, even if they had zero points, would move into uh, would move into twenty first. So is that how that works? It's if if it's a tie in terms of points, and it goes down to the the earnings as a as a tiebreaker. Kind the, of the tiebreaker for the point system is is earnings in non restricted stakes races. Non restricted stakes races. Okay, cool. Again, I'm talking to Travers Manley from Churchill Downs. The uh, we'll just say Churchill Downs from the media department. That's good. Right. That'll cover. That's good enough. There we go. So, um, so, and then, uh, and then, well, let's let's talk uh, let's talk ladies uh, a little bit here, uh, since we got the, the we've got the basically the top twenty is is shaping up. So it's safe to say, like, if you look at the boys before we go over to the ladies, you have uh, Oxbow at thirty six points and the seventeen spot. It's pretty safe to say that all those from seventeen up are they're all good and barring injury, they're they're good to go. They're probably not for gonna the derby. Get, yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I would say that's safe. So you know, and then you've got Super Ninety Nine, Fallen Sky. They're both at thirty. They're probably going to get in unless you, like you said, somebody jumps in there last minute and gets those 
just enough points to get past them. So uh, the Derby's pretty well shaping up. So if you were to have to look at the Derby right now, and if the race was to go off today, uh, give me a couple horses that are on the Travers Manley ticket. Well, you know, one thing that I think is so important when you're when you're betting the Derby is to look at the odds and and. Uh, if the race was today and I didn't know what the odds were, um, I, I probably would take Verrazano. Just looking at him today, he was, if they're he all, was yeah. so visually impressive. If they're all four, but, uh, four, if they were all four to one, that's what we're saying right now. They're, all the horses are four to one. You get four to one on your on your bet. Who, who, who are you who are you picking? Verrazano's one. Then I'm taking then I'm then I'm taking Verrazano. Um, if they're well, geez, if they're all four to one, and then then I would I would probably you know I, I like the top two, the top two right now of Orb and Verrazano. I think that's a very very tough top two. Uh, both of them have been very impressive as of late. Um, and then I, I think after the work, uh, you know, I've kind of jumped on the my loot bandwagon of of maybe throwing him in there for uh, for a little bit of a price. And and I, I also like uh, I like Oxbow for D Wayne Lucas. He's He's been drawn outside uh, in a couple of his races, and, and he's definitely got a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, maybe Wayne gets uh, Derby number five. Who will take charge? Uh, Oxbow. You, you like Oxbow better than will take charge, huh? Interesting. I do. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. I, I would like I, I, Tom Amos is a friend of mine. He's and he's he's a really cool cat. And I, I would love I would love nothing more to see him make some noise with my loot. Uh, he, you know, he's a he's a He's been in the business for a long time. He's a good, a good guy all the way around. I mean, they're all good guys. I'm not saying that about anybody, but I'd like to see Tom Amos get get involved in the mix. But uh, I tell you who I like, and I had Matt Carruthers from TVG on the other day, and he actually beat me to the punch with this horse, and that's another reason why I like him even more. And and you talked you talked about him already. He's already out on the grounds, and he's 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 trained by Chad Brown, uh, Normandy Invasion. I I love the way this horse responded in the last part of the Wood Memorial. On that surface, I I I am of the opinion that that surface translates better towards the Derby leading up to it than the Poly Track surfaces, or Oakland surface. That that's just that's my that's kind of one of my little angles. I just think that the Aqueduct surface is very similar to Churchill Downs in a lot of ways, and the way that he was the, the fractions were slow that day, and the, the fact that he got beat by a freak only. And he was coming strong, and he's got another quarter of a mile to go. And he seems to be fresh. He seems to be sound. So uh, my my play, and I think he's probably going to be fifteen to one, or every bit of fifteen to one, maybe twenty to one. And uh, you know, you you might get that on him. The the, the interesting thing about Normandy Invasion is that every year uh, for the Derby, there's always one horse that that uh, that people think is flying under the radar and that people think uh, could be a price. And then, you know, it ends up that everybody's on the same horse. And to be honest with you, Normandy Invasion is that horse this year. You know, a lot of people like him. And uh, he's kind of one that, that everybody thinks, well, you know, I think I'm going to get a price with him. Well, if enough people think that, then uh, you're not going to get the price. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him at lower odds on Derby Day than uh, what people think because a lot of people were impressed by his race in, in the Wood Memorial, and a lot of people uh, are liking the way that he's coming into this race. That's a very valid point. Uh, and I'm, both Matt Carruthers and myself were, were hoping that that would be – that there would be a few freaks in the next couple of the races, which would have, were the last weekend's races and such, that would sort of take the attention of the wagering public. Um, and that's – you're probably right, though. I, I probably will get more like a eight to eight or nine to one price as opposed to, uh, you know, a 10 or 15 to one or, or even, you know, 20 to one because, you know, mm-hmm. he, he – he, 
with the true horse players that he's not going to slide under the radar. So, um, but uh, Verrazano and Orb, I like I like it if that's that's the odd. I do I do really like I really like the way that uh, I really like the way that that uh, Java's War for Kenny McPeak ran on in the bluegrass. I'm just I'm just so hesitant with the last prep race being on that poly that that artificial surface before that Churchill down surface. You know, I just. Yeah, well, don't you know? Don't 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 discount it completely. Because no. remember that in uh, in 2011, Animal Kingdom ran in the spiral over the poly track, and then he came and won the Kentucky Derby in his first ever start on dirt. Yes, I, I another another excellent point. Yeah, I'm not discrediting it completely. I just I you know it, it's, the Derby when you have 20 horses of this caliber, it, it's probably the the toughest to put your finger on any one particular horse. And from a wagering perspective, what I probably will do is I'll find a single on a race before that or the race before that in the start of a pick four or pick five sequence and then just use a bunch in the derby. But I haven't seen the whole card yet uh, as to what races line up before that. I know there's usually the Woodford Reserve and all that stuff on the undercard. So That's right. And actually the uh, the um, the nominations for those stakes races actually were just released today. So uh, in the next few days, uh, I'll be getting with our stakes coordinator, Dan Bork, and uh, we'll be talking about who's going to be running in each of these races. We'll probably release that information on uh, you know Thursday or Friday of uh, who we think is going to be running in these undercard races. That's uh, that's perfect. I can't tell you how exciting a time of year this is for me and you guys as well. I'm sure it's uh, it's uh, it doesn't get much better than this. So. Uh, so we'll uh, we we got Travers in here locked and loaded at, with Orb and Verrazano as as the picks. If everybody's at four to one, and uh, I I'm going to go with Java's War and Normandy Invasion for for my my Derby selections. If I was betting at a four to one stake, so um, let's move on to the ladies here real quick, buddy, and we'll uh, we'll see. That's that's going to be an interesting race too. Again, Pletcher's got four charges in this race, and Bob it, it, Baffert. You know, it's gonna. It's- it's going to be really. Uh, I'll tell you what. The Oaks is line of, is very very tough race this year. You've got the champion beholder who looks very good. The the uh, Todd Pletcher horses are all great. The, the undefeated unlimited budget uh, alongside with uh, Dreaming of Julia who ran so impressively. Uh, Bill Mott has two very nice uh, horses with uh, uh, close hatches who won the Gazelle and Emollient. That was uh, out in Lexington. Also very impressive in 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 the Ashland and yes and. Uh, the Midnight Lucky, who uh, for Baffert, who who ran uh, off the screen in the Sunland Oaks, a lot of a lot of really really nice horses, and I think this is a race that, uh, depending on who you like, you could get a nice price. Uh, it's it's a wide open race. Absolutely, I you know it's it's funny you touched upon that because um, Emollient, I was out at the Ashland and I was actually uh, I that horse was sort of flying, she was flying under the radar a bit. Because she went off at seven or eight to one, I believe is what the final number was at race time at post, and uh, that was a freaky performance. I mean, Mike Smith put her to the lead, and and she just drew off, and that was it wasn't. Oh yeah, it wasn't bad racehorses. It wasn't bad uh, fillies that she was running against. No, it wasn't. You know, she 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 was flying under the radar a little bit because. Uh, it, she she ran in the Gulfstream Oaks just uh, just a, the week prior and uh, didn't really run well at all and and was actually uh, was fifth behind uh, Dreaming of Julia when she won by by nearly 22 lengths and and uh, then they bring her back in a week and and for that reason you know she uh, she was a little bit higher odds she was also breaking from the 13 hole so that was that was another thing to overcome but 
But she, uh, you know, Mike got her out of the gate. She went right to the front and uh, set uh, decent fractions and just never looked back. One by nine lengths. Yeah, and she and she's a she's a she's a neat looking filly too because she's like really kind. Of, I, I say pale uh, like a human, but she's very pale in color, um, very light color. Almost almost has an albino. You know, it's not albino, but it's a very light color. And she's a, it's a appearance wise, it's very very unusual looking uh, filly. But she. Uh, uh, I, I fortunately that day I had her as a part of any of the big races. I used I like to use a bunch of them in my multiple race equations, and I had her as one of them. So it was it was exciting in, in, in a couple different ways. But and uh, Jude Mont Farms has both of those both of those fillies for Billy Mott. So I tell you that's right. And they they won the uh, they won the Oaks in two thousand one with a filly named Flute. So oh, they're okay. looking for their second Kentucky Oaks. Winner. There you go, Flute. Wow, it's been a, when was that two thousand and one? You said right, two thousand and one. Nice. So okay, let's do the same thing here with this with this uh, this Oaks race that's that's coming up. Of course, we don't know post positions yet, obviously. Um, now, is it the Wednesday before is the Derby post? Tuesday before is the Oaks? Is that how they do it? The the draw. The draw for the posts. That's right. the 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 uh, The Oaks draw is uh, is on Tuesday at eleven a.m. And then the the Wednesday Wednesday night is when they do the Derby draw, right? Correct. Uh huh. Now the Derby draw this year is downtown, like it was last year, or how's how's that working? No, it's going to be at the track. It's it's going to be uh, in the Secretariat Lounge in the uh, ITW Shell at the track, which is the way that it uh, it was last year as well. Okay. Didn't they do it at Fourth Street or something like that? Am I, am I they crazy? did. They did a few years ago. Okay. They did do it okay. A few That's years what, ago. I, th- I wasn't sure whether that was last year or a couple years ago. As you get a little older, Travers, you start to lose your mind. You can't keep track of what's going on. So, <laughs> but uh, That's all, right. all right. So let's let's do the same thing with the Oaks as we do with the, with the Derby here. Let's say that every uh, one of these fields on the ground. Every every one of these fillies are, are are four to one, and and, and okay. also and also yeah. Let's before we do that, let's do who is on the ground that you that you've uh, that's already there as terms of the fillies, uh, and then we'll pick them. All right, Rose to Gold is on the grounds, um, and and Pletcher's horses of unlimited budget, Dreaming of Julia, Silcita, and uh, Princess of Silmar. They are on the grounds. Uh, Close Hatches uh, got here yesterday for Bill Mott, and. Um, uh, Manuka Honey is here for John Terranova, and then uh, Shawnee Girl is here for Bernie Flint. So we've got uh, got a, a good. Uh, Bernie Flint's got a. I didn't even. Right. I just saw that Bernie Flint's got a. Ah, and oh, he's a oh, he's a journeyman, isn't he? He's an he's an old journeyman uh, in, in, on the Turfway Ellis Churchill scene, is he not? Bernie oh, Flint. Uh, Bernie's been in the been in the game for some time. He's been, yeah. yeah, he's been in the game for a long time. He, uh, I actually, uh, he snuck in on me one day on a thirty twenty five or thirty to one shot, and uh, he apparently loved the horse beforehand. So I missed that one, but that's cool. It's good to see. It. It's good to see one of the local. It's nice. To, it's nice to see you know the Pletchers and the Baffords and everything else. But I, I, there's a small part in my heart to, that that cheers. I've been here for thirteen years. And you know, I'm always kind of looking towards that 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 smaller operation to win it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. No. Kind definitely. That, that, I, and you're not alone in that. I don't think. No. But. It's. It, I mean, it's not like I don't like the big boys, and and they're you know they're successful and stuff like that. You know, and it's like, what about that family? What about that family training tree that um, D Wayne Lucas has developed? Oh yeah. I mean, a, a lot of guys. It, it's a it's a who's who of trainers that have worked you, man. for them. I'm telling you, that's that so, goes, uh, goes a long way. So, okay, so those are those are all already out there. So they're, they're going to be they'll start. We're we are just over two weeks away. Saturday is Thunder Over Louisville, which kicks off the Derby season and all the festivities that go along with that. So this is also when we start to see 
you know, a, a lot more on the workout. On the morning starts to get a little bit more hustly, bustly out there, does it not? No, it does. And, uh, uh, you know, we had actually Pletcher worked uh, three of his fillies uh, just on Sunday. Unlimited Budget, Dreaming of Julia, and Sulcita all worked at Churchill Downs and uh, all looked really good. Uh, you know, Dreaming of Julia was, was uh, by herself and, and she she worked very impressively. That's a nice uh, filly. Didn't, didn't, didn't appear to be moving very quickly, but she actually went uh, half mile and 49, a very good time, uh, what they were looking for. And, and then Unlimited Budget and Sulcita worked together. Um, and, uh, you know, I think unlimited budget looked, looked really, really good. And she, she, uh, depending on what the prices are, uh, you know, I think unlimited budget right now is my Oaks or she, she looks so good going over the track, uh, yesterday. So do you, are you getting up early in the morning going out and checking any of that out right now? That's right. Yeah. We're here. We're here. Hey, we're here from, from the dust till dawn, uh, every, uh, every single day of wow. all the way through Derby. Well, this, this week's pretty pretty nuts for myself because uh you know the radio is not real profitable and real lucrative but i also have to work in the evenings but i'm going to try to next week try to get out there a couple mornings and browse around and see some of this goodness myself because uh, i tell you what it's there's nothing like being out there in the morning you you forget that you got up at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning once you're out there don't you oh sure that you know there i'm i'm a believer along with a lot of people that, that there's no better place uh, at the racetrack than, than on the backside in the morning. I'm telling you, so we'll we'll be. I'm I'll, I'll, sure I'll run into you out there sometime next week or even later on this week. I don't know. We'll see. Do they let you know? Like who's who's? Do they give you a sheet or an email as to who's going to be sent out? Or are they kind of secretive about that? About when horses are getting here? Yeah, like when, when Pletcher, they go on the track. Well, well like Pletcher's going to take us. You said he took all three of them out. Like did did he, did he let everybody know that, or does he kind of Pletcher kind of secretive about that? No, I mean, every, no, no trainer is, is secretive about it. You know, we're going to have the uh, the special Oaks Derby training here starting on Saturday where there's going to be a 15-minute uh, portion of training from 8.30 to 8.45 where only Derby and Oaks horses are allowed when is on the track. And they have to be uh, – that starts on Saturday. And you have to be wearing your uh, special Derby or Oaks saddle towel, uh, saddle cloth, to, to, be, uh, to be permitted to go onto the track. So once that starts – you know, the, the, there's no more uh, there's no more secrets. Uh, there are some trainers yeah. that that like to send their horses at different times. Mo- most of them aren't uh, going to broadcast it, but uh, also most of them, if you ask them what time the horse is going out, generally they'll tell you. So, and that what t- what t- you said it was Saturday from what times was that again? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Saturday, beginning on Saturday through through the Derby, there after the morning renovation break at 8:30 for the next 15 minutes. Only Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks horses will be allowed to train on the track, and they will be wearing their okay. uh, special uh, Derby and Oaks saddle towels to uh, with their name on them. And that'll probably go up to like Thursday or whatever. That'll go all the way through through uh, through the der- the Derby. Okay, well, yeah, because a lot of them won't won't do any works or anything like those last. I mean, some of them work till the very end, I guess, don't they? But but most of them stop a couple days before. Most most trainers usually like to put their last work in six or seven days right. uh, before a race. Some will do five, but there are also trainers that uh, that like to give them a, ra- a workout just two or three days before. Uh, they call that, that gearing them up. Well, it, it, it blowing them out is is really what the is what you call. Sometimes you you let them just run for about a quarter of a mile. You just 
give them a little uh, stretching of their legs a couple days before. That's kind of an old school move. You don't you don't see that as much of a trainer sending a horse out just a couple of days before. But uh, Big Brown, I believe, actually, they blew out Big Brown right before he won the Derby. So. Uh, It would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like me, but I gotta think twice. Now, I'm pretty sure that's not George Michael. Seems a little bit of a. It's not George Michael. <laughs> this is where it gets heavy, right? Uh, coming up. Yeah. Not quite there. Who, who is this again? I tell you, I let this the. Is Limp the yes, I let the, I let the uh, Fred Durst. Yeah. Durst and company? <laughs> They're no longer, are they? Uh, Turmoil within the band. Yeah, I don't know. You know what happened with that band? People were putting things where they shouldn't have been putting things inside the band, if you know what I'm saying. So. I, I thought what happened to this band was that it went from the 90s to the 2000s. <laughs> well, that's, time moved on. <laughs> they, and, they, and they certainly did not. But they were hot when they were hot, buddy. When that, what, was the, what was their big, big song? Uh, I mean, this was a pretty big song for them. Yeah, uh, but this is a cover. And they, they had yeah, um, uh, what was the name? There was of a it? song called Nookie that they yeah. did. We did it all for the Nookie, yeah, nookie. the Nookie. So you could take that cookie. Well, see, that's the problem yeah. because there was too much Nookie and cookie taken is what happened. So anyway, we got one last segment for you here, and then I'm going to go play golf out of Oxmoor Country Club. Um, Oxmoor Country Club. You can give them a call four nine one seven eight seven seven. It's right in the heart of St. Matthews. Oxmoor Country Club. If you've never been there, is a magnificent 18-hole golf course. Not only that, but they've got uh, they've got a banquet facility there that they do the weddings, where they'll take care of everything for you. Um, when you guys when you did your wedding planning, did you did you have your hands involved with that? Do you remember the, a little bit? Th- this is a this is an organization that does all that for you. All you got to do is send the invitations out, give them a the money, give them the check, and they'll take care of everything for you. So, Oxmoor Country Club four nine one seven eight seven seven. Um, we got some college basketball notes to get to real quick here. We've got uh, Michigan, Trey Burks decided he's gone. He's going to the NBA. He's not going to stick around. That's not a real big surprise considering he was the, the uh, consensus national player of the year. Uh, we also heard of, of a hiring. Eddie Jordan, the assistant coach for the, the from Los Angeles, is going to go replace Mike Rice as the coach of Rutgers. Which is, is interesting. Is that official now? It's not official. It's not official. It's in the works. But if it's this it's to this level, it's a pretty good chance that it's going to be a done deal. So uh, we had some baseball stuff going on. Baseball's into the third week. Uh, Carlos Quinton the other day got tagged by uh, Zach Granke pitch. I don't know. if Did you see this? I did see that, yes. He got tagged by Zach Granke pitch, went out and charged them out. He broke Granke's collarbone in the, in the altercation. Uh, and the, the, they're up in arms. They want to they want to suspend him and knock him out of the baseball for good and all this stuff. And uh, he's going to be out for eight weeks. Eight, eight weeks suspension or Granky's uh, going to be out for eight weeks. They're not sure about the suspension of Quinton. Um, <clears throat> the Chicago Cubs have completed a deal that's going to send five hundred million dollars to Wrigley Field to overhaul it. It's going to be interesting. That's long overdue. Three hundred million of that's in stadium reservation uh, renovations. Uh, and then the rest of it's going to go towards uh, remote spaces and uh, signal and all that stuff. So uh, it should be noted that Atlanta is 11-1 in the tops of the bigs. The Padres and Marlins are an abysmal 2-10 at the bottoms of the leagues. They just can't figure it out. The, year after year, the Padres are just bad. The Marlins aren't much better. So um, I wanted to remind you of NASCAR this weekend. We had Kyle Busch who won with Martin Truex finishing second uh, at the Texas 500. 
It's uh, the same race where the guy shot himself on the infield, which is a, a somber note. So um, I want to remember we got to wrap things up here. We we, we want to thank uh, Travers Manley for calling in. He's gonna get. He's gonna. We're gonna see him a lot in the weeks to come out the Churchill Downs. They they got a good thing going on out there. Remember the golf card. We got uh, one hundred twenty five dollars. Get you six golf courses: Woodhaven, Polo Fields, Glen Mary, Glen Oaks, Jeff Elks, and he- Heritage Hill. Six courses with a cart. Play it again. Sports forty one thirty eight hour loop. Remember to enjoy the rest of your week. It's going to be beautiful outside. Trevor and uh, Perrin Johnson are up next for DJ Yates. I'm Nasty. This is the Big Nasty Show. Enjoy your weekend.